Hello, hello. This is Shay Monique Tracy, and you're listening to the Shay Tracy Podcast. I want you to know that um, I am an eight-year educator. I'm a nine-year mom with my eldest being nine, my youngest being six, two rambunctious boys. Um, And it has truly been a blessing, a journey, and um, just really lessons of growth, right? So in my professional field, I've worked with students with moderate to severe disabilities, as well as students with mild to moderate disabilities in the space of intellectual disabilities and autism as well. And um, most recently I've been working with students who have emotional and behavioral disturbances. So my experience, my opinions, my research-based practices all come from that as a realm, right? And I'm only saying that because oftentimes I hear well like, look for work for my kids. And I'm telling you most certainly it will, okay? It definitely will. So some of the things that I want to point out or highlight are some of the things that I think every mom should know. So I've been working a lot with parents. I've worked so much with children over the past eight years, you know, being in education. And the interactions that I get to have, which is moms that I know and, you know, clients that I've been able to coach and work with are the things that I'm sharing here with you all that I think, again, should be in every parent's toolbox, every single one of them. So today, I want us to highlight this thing I call the six, the six to one ratio. So what is that? What is the six to one ratio? And there is some heavy research behind it, but this is really the idea and how it goes. So for every one negative comment, every one negative criticism, every one expression, describer that leans more negative than positive, it requires five, five positive statements to that one negative statement in order for it to not matter, right? So what that really means is if you make one negative statement towards your child in any capacity about their behavior, about their intellect, about their personality, about what they're doing, etc., right? You will then need to make five positive comments towards them so that that negative comment doesn't matter. But what does that mean? That means that your kid is still operating at zero because you haven't done anything to fill up their bucket. So really, if you want to make a true impact, you need six positive statements for that one negative. Because the five positive statements for that one negative, makes it so that you're back at zero. But that extra, that sixth one, it gives them a drop into their bucket. And that's what we really wanna do, right? So there's a lot of conversation surrounding self-care, filling yourself up. And I have the expression of, well, we don't pour into our children, to our spouses, into our homes. We fill ourselves up to the brim and we overflow into them, right? So that would require that you as a mother, as a parent, like you need to be overflowing with 
everything that you need as a person, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, for you to be able to, one, fill yourself up so much so that you're falling out and falling into them, right? So that requires a lot from you. It requires so much from you. It requires so much self-esteem. It requires so much self-care. It requires so much self-love. But you are the walking, talking epitome of what that should look like for your kids right? So our kids can only love themselves and speak into themselves to which the level in which it's been modeled for them. And they're going to create a model for themselves or they're going to pick one, right? So rather than any of that take place, let's just go ahead and show them how we're supposed to get done, right? How we do that for ourselves is how our children do it for themselves. So really, our pouring in, our drop into that bucket is just that the, the measure that they need to fill themselves up. But if our kids are walking around with zero bucket, it, it's no question really, it's really no, no surprise as to why kids are as numb as they are, right? So I know that we oftentimes talk about how like, oh my God, these kids only wanna watch TV. These kids only want to these kids only want to fill in the blank, right? And it's everything outside of what our childhood experience was when we were little. When really the world has changed so much so that it's really difficult for us to measure them in the same way in which we were measured, right? So the access that they have to internet is beyond what we've been able to have, right? Their access to handheld devices. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was, what, 13? These kids is walking around with them at seven and eight, right? They have their own personal devices. There was that one household computer in your house, I'm sure, that was in the den or the living room or by the dining room table or whatever. But it wasn't something that they just had in their room. They get to pick and choose and personalize what they watch on television because we have Hulu, we have Netflix, we have... So they have a most com completely different dynamic than what we have, right? So what we want to do is we want to give them the skills to navigate within the world that they currently exist in, right? And if they're being bombarded with these images and these messages of not having enough, not being enough, needing to go here, needing to have this, then we haven't done the work to counterbalance what they're being fed through all of those devices. So again, it requires us to be more mindful. It requires us to be more intentional. It requires us to do more than what was done for us, right? Because we used to be sent off into our rooms, but really there was one room and five of us and everybody was fighting to watch TV and it wasn't what you wanted to watch. So you weren't paying attention to it, right? So you busied yourself with books and coloring and toys and whatever else. And that is no longer the dynamic our kids exist in, right? There's more than enough TVs in the house for everybody to have their own personal device and to have a TV plan and to have a tablet in front of them. So again, their experience is different. Therefore, the messaging that they have is different. So if you could imagine the number of messages that they receive on given basis about the things that they should be doing, the things that they should have, the places they should go, then everything that we're doing is working to counterbalance that. And if we truly want our children to embody and to move through with our values, we have to be able to be the ones to put that upon them in a way that is being able to counter all of those messages that they're receiving daily.
So I know you're from the doctor. Hey, that you only have one hour of CV. And you look and think to yourself, like, that's impossible. And I agree. It is impossible. <laughs> it is impossible. But monitoring what they watch and what they look at and what they read and the experiences they have at school and the experiences they have after school and the conversations you have at dinner and the conversations you have before bedtime and the conversations you have when they wake up, there's a way for you to get to that six to one ratio in a meaningful way. So your child is walking around with the bu- a bucket that's, that's spilling over in the same way that you are, right? And I get it, <laughs> it's hard. You're busy, you're trying to fill your own bucket up. You don't have time. And I agree, I agree. So with that being said, knowing that you know, knowing that when you know better, you do better. Now you have the challenge of, well, how am I gonna do that? And I think it really comes down to what you value and how you value it. Cause I'm not here to tell you what to value, right? I value books and good food. I value family and good conversation. I, I value wine and steak and walking through grass barefoot. We all got our own things, right? I'll pay $50 on a book before I paid it on a shirt. <laughs> easy, easy, okay? Because again, our values are different, right? And if we want our kids to embody the things that we value, we have to give it to, the, to them in the way that they will value it, right? And that just requires some heavy conversation, which is really difficult to do when everyone is tuned in and plugged into their own device. So I'm not telling you how to do it, what to do it, when to go about it. I'm just, you know, putting something on your plate. And you can eat it if you want or not. Because, I mean, that's how we treat our kids, right? Just taste it. Let's see if you like it. You know? Okay. (laughs) All right. So with that being said, something else that every parent, every mother, every mother needs to know is that you, in in the sense, in the sense of Stephen Covey, and saying beginning with the end of mind, I think every parent, rather than saying that, rather than doing that, I think what's really more important is that you begin and you correct with the end in mind. So what do I mean by that? You have these vivacious children, very opinionated, very well-spoken, who have strong and bold personalities, And we're oftentimes trying to curtail them so that they fit into the spaces in which they're currently in. This behavior won't serve them in preschool. Probably not. (laughs) This behavior won't serve them in third grade. Probably not. Uh, Maybe we should get them to do less of fill in the blank because who wants to hear a 10-year-old talk about, you're probably right. But are they going to need this behavior, this personality trait, this je ne sais quoi? Will they need it at 20? What about 25? Definitely at 30, right? When they're paying their own bills and they're doing their own thing and they're out of your house and they're doing all the stuff. And I say 30 because it took us a minute to leave, right? And I'm trying to anticipate when my kids don't get out of here and I'm like... We could potentially have, you know, income properties for you guys by the time you go to college and you're definitely going to go to a community college first because it's cheaper and you'll be able to explore more of your interests, et cetera, fill in the blank. But um, 
giving our children the grace that we did not have, nor did not want, right? Because we were so busy trying to get to the end goal of being grown and doing the things that we wanted to do because in some space, in some time, we didn't feel like we had enough personal agency at whatever age it was that we wanted to get to this thing. So rather than getting us to rush through this beautiful childhood that they're able to experience, if we open it up and provide them with the agency and the autonomy and the choices that they're looking for that makes them really enjoy the space and time that they're in currently, then getting to adulthood won't be the goal, right? Getting out of the house won't be the goal. Being established will. Being passionate and purposeful and understanding your life's mission will. Being intentional and, you know, being impactful and deciding how you want to show up to the world will be their personal mission because you put that into them. And I know you have enough friends around you who are still looking for that thing in their thirties for you to say to yourself, I don't want that for my kids. Right. And I say that to myself all the time. I don't want that for my kids. I want my babies to, you know, know, what they want to do, have some direction in which they want to go in. And they don't need to have a career in mind, but just some general self-interest, some personal passion that fuels them and ignites them and makes them want to wake up in the morning where they don't feel like they're drudging and trudging through anything because they're in an experience of having a, a life that I never had as a child. And if they think that they're trudging through this, then I'm still doing it wrong, right? <laughs> I'm doing it wrong, all right? So I say that to say you begin and you correct with the end in mind. So we are not snuffing out whatever it is that they have that will be meaningful for them later, right? Even them not wanting to share. At some point, we want and have to teach our children to have boundaries, right? Because we don't want them to be pushovers. We don't want people to take advantage of them. We don't want people to use them and go on about their business. So even that serves its purpose. But really what we have to do is cultivate and give our children the space in which to identify when and how to maneuver in that way, right? So again, just a thought, <laughs> just something to think about. But before you go ahead and you try to cut that out because they can't be doing fill in the blank, just take some stock in that behavior and that action and that language and see if, you know, maybe, just maybe, you aren't going to have to put that back into them when they're of age, when they'll finally use it. If anything, we can tailor it so that they understand how and when to use it, even in their youth, so that as an adult, they've exercised that muscle enough that when they're, you know, met with some foolishness, they know how to cut it down and they know how to move about it, all right? So if anything, just something for every mom to know, begin and correct with the end in mind. Right. All right. So in that, moving into that correction, there's also this other thing that we do all the time that I especially do. <laughs> With problem behaviors. Um, is we starve them out. And it's this thing that's called planting more. You make a plan to ignore the behavior. Not the child, the behavior. And you only speak on, only encourage, only provide feedback for the things you want to see. So take a moment with that. 
if you only ever spoke on the things you wanted to see, how different would your space, reality, and time be? So if you never wasted your breath on, don't, stop, wait, just, and instead, good job doing, I really liked how you, oh, I didn't think to do, you would have a different experience, right? So we always say this in the positive, right? So you don't tell a child what they don't or should not or stop doing. You tell them the thing that you want them to do. So instead of saying to stop running, you say walk. Instead of stop jumping, feet on the floor. No hitting, hands to yourself. Sloppy kisses, close mouth please. <laughs> right? My kid used to try to make out with me. It was gross, yo. It was gross, but he saw his daddy and he was like, oh, well, I love mommy, so I can, you know, make out too. And no, son, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing, fam. But my baby wanted to. He really did. He really, really wanted to. And we just learned to close mouth kiss. So what if we didn't pay attention at all to any of those annoying problems belittling ridiculous behaviors that our kids give life to what if they're dumping out all their toys in the moment that we see them put one back in the bucket we say oh good job cleaning up good job putting your toys back good job wiping down the table good job keeping the peanut butter on the bread good job putting your cup by the sink Good job brushing your teeth in the morning. Good job. And you just finish the list. Finish the list and only acknowledge the behaviors you want to see. So if they're not brushing their teeth, but they're in the bathroom, good. Good job being in the bathroom so you can brush your teeth. Good job taking your cup downstairs so we can have a clean house. Even if they're headed to go get more water, right? Good job, good job putting the milk back so that it doesn't spoil, even if there's some on the counter, right? We feed the behaviors we want to see. We praise them. We joyfully acknowledge them. The things that we don't care about, the things that we really hate, the things that are so annoying and your teeth are like grinding a little bit and you're clenching every time you hear that noise the moment you don't hear that door slam good job keeping the door closed good job keeping the air in good job putting your toys back these are the things that are going to help you to pay attention to the behaviors you want to see and to ignore the ones that are really problematic and don't serve you in your household Right, so these are really essential. Again, and it requires a lot of self-containment. It requires a lot of self-control. It requires a lot of just being positive in ways that you don't want to, but truly, if you don't have eyes for it, ears for it, if you don't speak on it, and you only decide to speak on what actually pays, like what actually feeds you, and the spaces you're trying to create and the household you're trying to build, then honestly, like, you have that tunnel vision, you have those blinders on where you don't see everything else. 
And when you focus on the positive that you want to see, you get more of that positive, right? But if you only focus on the things you don't want to see, you get more of that too. Because your children are learning, well, this is how I get attention from mom. When I make a mess, it's when she spends the most time with me. Because now she has to help me clean up. When I don't bathe good, right, mommy has to come behind me and help me with this part. Because this is how they get you, right? So as much as we're shaping their behavior, our children are shaping our behaviors too. And this is the part that people don't really want to speak on. Like, our children shape our behavior. We learn through them. There's a reason why, girl, you only making chicken nuggets. There's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why you only go to two or three places for dinner. There is a reason why we only watch this show and not this one. There's a reason why we can only visit because they are shaping our behavior as much as we are shaping theirs. So rather than doing that, pay attention to the things that you want to see and build out the behaviors that you want to see more of. So DM me the word now if you want to learn more about how to do that, right? I have an amazing resource. I have a great course for those who are really interested. And again, if you're only interested, go ahead, DM me and I can shoot that information over to you. And uh, you can learn more about just providing reinforcements and rewards that uh, begin and correct with the end in mind, all right? So in the space of <laughs> the wonderful Maya Angelou, when you know better, do better. So here's to doing better. Talk to you soon.